Welcome back, everybody, to episode eight of Panthers Talk Philly. I'm Callum Fijes with my co-host, Ron Baker. And today in the studio, we welcome Dom Pellegrino, a baseball and golf player at PJP, also a student ambassador and an enthusiast for Philly sports. Dom, how are you? What an what a honor that is. Yeah. <laughs> what an entrance. Uh, you getting ready for the holiday season? Of course. Hell yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to go. It's uh, th- Thursday, December 19th, right? Yeah. 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 I'm getting happy. This is this is like the, the Less major. Less than 24 hours. Yeah. This is the major week. You We got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I got my birthday on the 28th. Yes, sir. And then... Uh, New Year's. And then New Year's. It's a party week. And then, then we're right back. And then we're right back. So this will be our last podcast before the holidays. So we wish... Everybody, a happy holidays out there listening. Uh, so we're going to be talking a lot about Sixers and a lot about the Eagles. We'll talk about the Phillies offseason moves. Got a lot to talk about right now. Um, why don't we start off with the Sixers? So last night, they ended up losing to the Heat. First loss of the season in quite a fashion. Yeah, at home. Yeah, that yeah. was tough. That was tough to watch. I know, Dom, you didn't get a chance to watch that, but nah. it was first quarter went by so well. We were up 29 to like 19. 19. Yeah. And then we just fell on our faces in the second and third quarter. And like the Sixer fashion, we came back, but it just wasn't enough. And they all got our hopes up. So, Ron, you and I were talking about a little bit before who you uh, who you putting the blame on for uh, for the loss. You know, um, I don't know if you can really like, as far as like blaming, it's just, you know, it wasn't their game. They were not shooting well. You know, Mike Scott was like 0 for 5, Mm -hmm. like before he even started like making somewhat of an impact. Josh Richardson had missed his first four. Al Horford takes a really, really um, just like questionable shot at the end of the game. And to elaborate on that, like Kendrick Nunn misses both of his free throws and he just... Ben Simmons, he gets the rebound. He's got 12 seconds to just go up the court. And Mm -hmm. he tries to size up Kendrick Nunn, gets clamped for, you know, the four seconds, five seconds or whatever. So half that time's already been negated. And that then you end up passing it to Al Horford, who already as it is, you know, has a really, really long jump shot to go through. Yeah. Wasn't necessarily open. And your best shooters were in the corner. Yeah. I think I think the smart shot was needed. And, you know, finding Al Horford at the top of the key would be nice and all, but, you know, you got a, you got a, what, six, I'm sorry, yeah, six eleven point guard and something like that. And he's ben getting Simmons. clamped by Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Yeah, but Ben Simmons is a point guard. When you give him the ball and you t- he takes to the rack, he's going to get fouled. But the problem is, in some cases, he's scared to take foul shots, falls under pressure, and then he swings. Could you imagine if he got a foul call and made one of the two free throws? Oh my! He would be stadium would erupt. Exactly. So like I they mean, they would have killed him, as yeah. if they haven't before. I don't see. Here's the thing: they des- I don't think they deserve to be in the position that they were in last night. That were they were down by as much as like 15. It, th- that doesn't night. matter. I mean, like that's what the game ended I, up becoming. Like, I guess you gotta. I guess that's true, but like. They were just playing so terribly. They're 
shooting their three point percentage was like twenty four percent last night. Yeah, that's which what I'm is saying. Atrocious. I mean, I, I I personally think that the Miami team is a solid team. Tyler Harrow, yeah. Jimmy Butler, all them guys. I don't really believe that much in Eric Spolstra. I, I don't think he's that nice of a coach. If yeah. you want to make I've, the argument, I've never been a big fan of him. If you want to make the argument that uh, he was good in uh, 2012, 2013, 2014, get out of here. That was LeBron James and yeah. Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Okay, and I guess Ray Allen because he saved that season. Yeah. He saved one of those seasons. But you know, it was a good team that he went up against, and. Every good team, you go on a streak and you take a loss. It, yeah. it, it's going to happen. I, I was just about to say, I was expecting that. Because if you look back, the Heat have actually done that to a couple of other top-tier teams. They went to the Bucks, gave them their first loss at home, did that to the Raptors, gave them their first loss at home, and now the Sixers. I knew it was, I knew it was happening. It just it felt... It it just is just a gut feeling. I yeah, think. And like I think they're like fourteen and two or something like that against teams in the Eastern Conference. Like they're absolutely just killing the competition. Oh, absolutely! Like they're playing extremely well, and even though we were playing terribly, mm-hmm. we like them getting one hundred and four points or one hundred and two points or whatever it was. If you're counting the last bucket, like that's still like yeah. almost holding them to under hundred points, considering how many possessions you gave them. That's true. That's still really really good. What I was most frustrated with. Brett Brown and how he couldn't put together an offense that could break the they were two just, three zone. Tobias Harris even said it himself. Like they were just zombies out there. No one is doing anything. I was ripping my hair out. You're an NBA coach, dude. How can you not break a two three zone? That's something I go against in high school and we can beat that. Like that's ridiculous. I mean yeah, you gotta give credit to Brett Brown at some point. It yes, it could be his fault in some manner with you know plays and the defense they're running and the offense they're running but uh, I mean to some degree it's players being lazy uh not hustling yeah. I mean Joel Embiid he's he's gotta hustle like yeah. he's gotta be out there our star our star he's gotta get out there and put his heart in like he did against the Celtics mm-hmm. and look at how much praise he got for that just yeah. for playing defense and offense the thing that an NBA big man should do and like like you said, like they need to be able to hustle and all that. That's something that the culture of the team has to be worrying about. If you have a coach that doesn't really care, they're not going to play well. Look at the Knicks. They fired their coach already this early into the season because they don't want to play. R.J. Trip. Barrett said it. Like he basically, when he was talking mm-hmm. to the press about it, he was saying like, I'm 19 years old. I'm in New York. I'm playing basketball for a living. You know, I'm living my best life. That's it's you know it's inconsiderate. It's it he might act like it's a team, but like that's not a comment you make when yeah. you want to sound like you're united. Like it just seems like he's doing it all for himself. You know he knows he's in the best position possible. And even before the draft, he wanted to be in New York. Like he's where he wants to be. Did Ben Simmons take a three last night? He did not. No, no threes. Uh, him and Brett Brown gotta sign a contract. Like you gotta take a three minimum every game. One, I, I don't <laughs> minimum care if one you miss three it. a game. It doesn't make sense. I don't I, – I literally – I try to put myself in the mind of Ben, and the only reason I could maybe think is the fact that he's scared to miss. But, like, he does all this other really stupid stuff yeah. all the time. Like, he drives, and then he swings it back out. When he, he jumps and turns around, he has no idea where that ball is going. I lo- always, always goes in turnovers. I love Ben Simmons, but that's my least favorite thing he does. Yeah. He, he, he's 
okay, let's say he's on a two-on-one, two mm-hmm. and he throws the ball back to Toby yeah. or Joel or something. And, like, you are going to get fouled. Just go up and take it aggressively, please. Yeah. Like, give you're, us the points that we probably will get. You're, you're talking to the biggest Ben Simmons fan right here. I have well, even I, early in the oh, game yeah. he was doing that like he was on if it was a two on one or whatever he was taking that ball at most of the time which was really good his transitional offense is unbelievable and it was every once in a while I think it was in the it was actually in the fourth quarter I think he literally got the steal and then just took it to the other end coast to coast like I don't understand why he doesn't do that more it just doesn't make sense it's the same exact situation but it's always a different outcome. Even though he's got like a positive outcome when he takes it to the rim, like why are you jump stopping, spinning around in the air, having no idea where it's going? Like why why you do that? I think Ben Simmons is only locked in when he's playing good on defense because he knows he can yeah. be easily replaced on offense. That's true. And like kind of like what he was saying earlier, it's like, oh yeah, well I lost my love for the game and I found it again when I started shooting. <laughs> You're not shooting. You're creating a lot more turnovers, you know. But on defense, he's like top he's up there with Jimmy Butler the as far as steals per game. Like if he's locked in on defense, he's gonna be locked in the rest of the game. So yeah. it's like for me, he's a good player, but he makes way too many mistakes for anyone to just like pass it off. Because if a, if any other point guard in the league was averaging, you know, three, four, five turnovers a game. That looks very, very questionable. Yeah. That's what I was saying before in a, in a podcast before. I don't know, Dom, if you heard it. Um, but what Ben Simmons doesn't do on offense, he makes up in transition and on defense. And I think that's what sets him apart from these other point guards. But, like, I think it's such an offense-gauged league. Like, everybody looks as, at the points, like, always about the points, always about the assists, always looking at the offensive side. And I feel like because he doesn't strive there, he strives in other places that aren't as looked, he's kind of in a way, you know, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, hot take, I I think Ben Simmons, in a way, you know, give him a little bit more experience. He's going to – we went through a little period there with Steph Curry. You know, he had the three on fire, and everyone Mm -hmm. was like – you know, take the three, take the three. Everyone loves the three. I feel like it's slowed down yeah. over the past like year, maybe two. Ben Simmons is going to bring that back, in my opinion. I think Ben Simmons is going to bring that back. When he gets into form, I mean, over the summer, over the offseason, we all saw he can shoot a jump shot. Yeah. 100%. He can 100% shoot a jump shot. You know, when you haven't taken a jump shot ever in the NBA until this season. Well, I'm sorry. A three-pointer. A three-pointer. Uh, I mean, no one's going to really have faith in you, but when you come out here and then you shoot and everyone gets so excited about it, and it's like, oh, my God, Ben Simmons just hit a three, yeah. and then he does it again. Oh, my God. So he's just going to keep doing that, and it's just going to keep being like a meme on Instagram. Yeah. And everyone's going to always be twi- tweeting about it. <laughs> okay, so do you think – him getting a personal trainer in the off season is actually helpful. It comes down to like, would you be, would you approve of him going to like Drew Hanlon and like trying to improve his three point shot? Or would you rather have him stick with the team and like what, do it that what, way? What, what, what does it matter if he's not going to take it? He did the, he did that over well, the Well, no, off this season. is the point I'm getting to. 
you talk, you look at these guys on Instagram and you see like, you know, lethal shooter and all that. These guys are great <laughs> shooters. They want to be coaches in the NBA and stuff like that. But like the only reason why MB doesn't post up anymore is because of Drew Hanlon. Ben Simmons will not give anybody his time besides the six-year staff. I'm sorry, but he won't. He, he, he's very minimum. He's very minimum, and he, you know, he worked this offseason with whoever he worked with, but that was like a close friend of his, and right. he did what he did. And he keeps it comes down close. to fundamentals, in my opinion. Like, he has a shot. He just doesn't want to yeah. utilize it that it. much. And that's okay. That is okay. He is 6... Is he 6... 11? <laughs> I think <laughs> he's a 6'11". I, I think so, yeah. He's a he's a huge point guard, and he's and he's big too. Like, yes, okay, a three is nice from here or there, but like, he's not bodying anybody up. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Yes, he has the ability. He's the biggest point guard in in the league, and he could easily post up any point guard. The problem is he doesn't do that. Well, the thing is, is you can't when you have Al Horford and Joel Embiid playing with. Yeah, him. I mean, our roster is. Huge, like we got big yeah, guys. We got Al biggest, Joel Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Those three alone are big boys league. to get past. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when Joel Embiid gives hustle, I guess <laughs> then he looks then he looks yeah. like that. But I mean, I can't really complain about Al Horford this season. And besides turnovers for Ben Simmons, and I guess the lack of like jump shots. Yeah, he's just not mm-hmm. scoring well. Yeah. I mean, you like, can't. But you can't ask anything about Tobias Harris. No, he's, he's been playing. He's great. been carrying. He's he's playing great. Right he's now. a st- he. I think it. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Tobias Harris, and I'm not saying that he's not doing great things. I think it just makes it look so great to us is because he's a steady player. Almost every night he comes up and he shows up. Whereas, you know, one night Joel Embiid could have zero points, and the next he could have forty. Like. The only like the difference between a guy like Embiid or Simmons and a player like Tobias is the fact that Tobias is constantly there. He's not going to bring, you know. I mean, every once in a while, hit into the 30s, but he's usually sitting around that, you know, 21 to 24. Yeah, exactly, right in there. He's never going to have a, a crazy breakout game, but he's always going to bring that steady game. I think that's why everybody thinks he's doing so well. <laughs> and I he's making that extension look good. Yes, he's making that extension look good. Good for the good for the organization. Elton Brand looks like a genius right yeah. now. Yeah. So I mean, couldn't really. I mean, I guess. I I don't know. Could you ask really anything more from Tobias Harris? No, right because now? he's meant to be the third option on this yeah. team. Yeah. He's doing a good he's, job. He's and like he had that zero for twenty four stretch or whatever, but like that like, that's nothing. Like he he he, we were winning games, you know. Now he's playing great. He's averaging like he's had like twenty one at least like in the past like six games or something like that. Yeah. He's like really like filled in, you know, everyone else's shoes. And it's good that he's talking and saying, Oh yeah, we're playing bad, you know, no one's moving or anything like that. He's taking he's being that vocal leader that we lack because Embiid, you know I don't think Embiid's a vocal leader. I think he's just more antics based. Really? You don't think he's a vocal leader? No. I I think he is. I think it's behind the scenes though. I don't think we get to see it because Joe Embiid is that guy known for uh, the jokes and the yeah. tweeting and stuff, which the front office has probably been like, "Yo, calm down. Yeah. Okay, we don't <laughs> really need that anymore." Mm, yeah. But I think it's to a point where it's like he knows his role in this team. He's like he knows that he's the guy. Right, he knows yeah. he's the most popular guy on the Sixers. I I would say probably yeah. next probably Ben Simmons, but. I think at some point he, he realizes his role and he goes, oh, come on, guys, come on, we got to get yeah. back into this. 
and I think he does behind the scenes. Though, I don't. You don't really see him being on that TV or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so with all that, the Sixers are hosting the Mavs on Friday, another home game after the first loss. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, Toby and Bobby having them back. I hope they give them a reunion. Video. Yeah. Oh, they they definitely they, will. Yeah, they, they definitely should. should. For yeah. those of you who he, don't know that well, uh, Boban, who was on the team last year, is like best friends with Tobias Harris. He's on the Mavs. He's coming back for the first time. So hopefully they get some kind of video. That would be cool. Uh, Luka Doncic, uh, he's questionable for. Uh, Friday. So, what? How much of a game changer is that? Big. It's big. It's Luca. Yeah. He's playing MVP. What is this? Second year in the league? MVP level. Yeah. MVP level. He's making more of an immediate impact than LeBron James was when he came out. That's true. That is very true. And that's really, really, really difficult to think about, and just wrap your head around that. Like, I hate, I hate comparing someone to LeBron James. I just hate it. Besides I know, but Michael like, Jordan, yeah. and Kobe Bryant, I, I, and Kareem, and all them. Yeah, but you like, could, you could right. throw a couple other guys in there. Just players in the league now, I hate comparing them to LeBron because LeBron's LeBron. I, I get that, but like you know, Luka Doncic, he got his team. LeBron had his team. Granted, like he has Porzingis now, but like True. even yeah. even last year he was playing well. But like this year, like he's taking it to another level, and it's not even like he's only doing it in the assist category. Like he's improved like steadily in most of his yeah. stats. I'd be really interested to see that matchup between Matisse Thybul and Luka Doncic. Oh my god! If he even Mati- plays, well, yeah. If if both of them played, I would love to see that matchup because Matisse has proven himself to be one of the best, maybe arguably the best defender on the team. I mean, you're up there with Ben Simmons, and Luke Doncic is one of the best. He he can really make some room with himself. I mean, I know he's not the fastest dude, but he's quick off the ball, uh, and he he's got a killer three shot. So I'd be really interested. That would be my my matchup to watch on Friday. That would be a, definitely a defining moment um, for Matisse, definitely. Yeah, and like. Just like the thing that people don't like realize about Matisse is that he's like in the top five for three point percentage. Yes, he is. He's number four in the NBA. And if you had his per thirty six stats, he would be in the top ten for steals in the league too. Being he, top ten in the league for steals, he, top five yeah. for three point percentage. A couple like, of times this season, he led uh, the average steal per game and the total steals. Yeah, and he's literally outperforming Robert Covington, who like everyone loved here when I, he was I, here. I, I think it's funny how we're talking about this non-six. I mean, this Sixers opponent who's coming into town. The kid's just entertaining, and you you can't yeah. help but just like, like just look at his stats and just be like, whoa, like this Even, kid's cool. Yeah. And like that's yeah. what like Steph Curry was, you know, when back. I can't I can't believe I've already brought up Steph Curry twice in this podcast, but <laughs> I I mean, when when Steph was making i guess his appearance onto the scene when he started like dropping the shoes and stuff and yeah. like that's what kind of what this luca thing is everyone's like yeah this kid's a real deal and he's, he's changing really, the culture yeah yeah mm-hmm. so uh i don't know i feel like i feel like i had the sixers winning even if luca's in i think it's going to be a lot closer of a game with luca of course especially after the heat game like these yeah. guys better be motivated to beat yes. someone and that i i push that on the brett brown and like Joel and, and maybe Ben 
because they're the leaders of the team. The one of the big parts of being a coach is motivating the men, getting them ready to go. Coming off of a loss that you probably should have won, you gotta be hungry because you know these Philly fans are going to be just as hungry. So I got I got I got the Sixers winning on Friday. So yeah, I agree with that. You I think they'll win too. Yeah, they definitely should. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Philly fans, we're gonna talk about the Eagles now. I'm getting excited for this. They are performing at Link. The Link getting ready. This is a do or die game. I'm going to the game. I'm getting oh, really? excited. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm just finding that out right now. <laughs> um, yeah, my my dad knows somebody, and he got us uh, on pass. He got us on the field passes. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's so a so great to, game yeah, to be on the sick. field for. I know. I know. It ended up working out. Uh, my dad and I were always, you know, we were trying to figure out which game to go to, and it kind of just trickled down, and then we were like, I guess we'll go to the Dallas game. And then it ended up being this whole big thing, and I'm just so stoked for it. I think – I think so did you pick that game early on in the season? No. We, we literally picked that uh, – maybe a week and a half ago. Oh, wow. It was like before it became the do or die situation it is now. Yeah, so I mean like I I I was like looking at things and it was everyone everyone and me included we all knew that probably in the end it was going to come down to this game. The Dallas game always feels like a playoff game. Whether like even if it means even a little bit. Like Philly fans they just show up. It's a different environment down there and might might be uh, Carson Wentz's biggest game of his career, so far. Hopefully, that, hopefully. I mean that that's what he said. He right. said, "Yeah, you can look at it that way." Uh, when asked if it was his biggest game of the career, I agree with that. I agree that it is probably his big, the biggest game of his career. What happens when he makes? Hey, say we win. Okay, say we go to the playoffs. Is that the biggest game of his career now? No, I don't think so. I because I don't think there's. At seven there's, and seven, there's, making there's, the playoffs is not a, like necessarily like if you win that game, yeah, you're gonna go to the playoffs. But it's like you still have to win the game after that. There's not, and as then you're much gonna go up against you know expectation and pressure because yeah. if we win, then we're gonna go against the Niners, I think, in the first round. At, excuse me, at home. Um, but I don't know. I think this is just this is a bigger game. Dallas has always had Carson's number. We haven't beaten Dallas since 2017. I think it was the second game we played against them in 2017. Um, and Carson never had a really great game against Dallas, but this is his chance, you know. He's he's proven in the past two games how how he has the ability to be clutch. And now he's got to he's got to he's got to put the nail in the coffin here and he can safely say you know i led this team to the playoffs i got the wins the last three games i when dallas came here treated like a playoff game and we beat them i this is this is a huge game for carson i think for the link they they need to just like pretend like they have some kind of malfunction where it says fourth quarter the entire game because carson (laughs) wentz like him in the fourth quarter is just a complete different animal than when he is in the first three he went 11 for 11 and two touchdowns, I want to say, in the Redskins game uh, in the fourth quarter. He's The man is a beast. And when he gets into the red zone, he is, 
I don't know. I looked at this stat. I think it was a week or two ago. He's 56 touchdowns to one interception since he since the 2017 season. So that that brings me to a point. I saw something on Instagram the other day. Was Deshaun Watson stats on the left, and it was Carson Wentz's stats on the right, identical. But everyone wants to praise Deshaun Watson more. Yeah, that's because he has a team on his back, and Carson's dealing with uh, that's true. JJ Arthago Whiteside every week, which I, I feel bad. He's got the baggers at Giant, you know, <laughs> lining up every week. Like Arthago Whiteside's trash. Everyone get that through your skull. He He's can't terrible. run routes. Yeah, I, th- I thought he was going to be really, really good. I, I really so did. did I. He was he was definitely promising in the preseason. I was ripping my hair out. I was like, why did you not get DK Metcalf? I was so high on DK. And he was still there in the second round when we picked up JJ Ortega Whiteside. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't dude. think that would have made a difference though, because R- like, yeah, well, I, come on, DK well, yeah, actually, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. come on, let, it would have made it, it would have made a difference, like good. as of now. But like going into the season, like he, you only knew him for running, you know, streak routes because of like how bad he was at the agility drills and everything with the also combine. Because he's jacked. But. Right, but like you have Aguilar, who's supposed to be a deep threat. You have Deshaun Jackson, who's supposed to be a deep threat. You bring in someone like DK Metcalf. If you draft him instead of Arthega Whiteside, like it's like you know, and you also have Alshon Jeffrey, who can you know he runs slants and all that. But yeah, I, I feel w- like it's just like same player. I want I want Alshon gone. I do too. I I can't tell you. You can't. I tell can't you. tell. I, I I don't know. I don't know. It, we're not going to be seeing him for the rest of the year. So. <laughs> we don't really have to make that decision right now. He has right had now. the fastest decline. decline I've seen in the longest time. I, what happened to him? <laughs> he just he got super in, I mean, I guess he's always kind of been injury prone a little bit, but he just got pounded by the injuries, and then he just fell off. I don't know what. I, I truly think it's just because Nick Foles isn't the quarterback. And it's the weirdest thing, and it makes me so angry because Alshon Jeffrey, he's not a half-bad wide receiver. I mean, if you take out this season, he had a really great season 2017 and even 2018. Yeah, but and he, he, just, he just disappeared. I don't think Nick Foles is a better quarterback for the Eagles. Like, you no, ha- no. you ha- like Carson Wentz was the guy, like, guaranteed. But the difference is that Wentz is he's missing these wheel routes. He's throwing it, yeah. you know, at the guy. He's throwing below the knees. He's missing guys. <laughs> but that's just Carson. Carson, right. Carson can miss a wide-open shot like that, but then he can nail Miles Sanders in the back right. corner of the end zone. That touchdown was for, for a touchdown. It was dirty. Oh, I was and then, hyped and then he hits Greg Ward on the across the body, across the field. Just floats throw. it in. Absolutely perfect throw. So he can make those two touchdown throws. But, but that's, how you, have, that's how you have to utilize your wide receivers. Like you got to put yeah. the ball where only they can get them. And that's not what Carson was doing. And that's yeah. what Foles did do. Mm-hmm. I mean,. I really like Greg Ward. I think he's going to be a really key aspect in this next game. But I have a question. What is the difference between Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz is more – he has the ability to move around more. I don't think – I think a lot of people compare Dak and Carson, like with their athleticism and able to move. But I think Carson Wentz is a lot better outside of the pocket than Dak. I think he – I think he works a lot better with the broken plays than Dak. So, I need. think the difference between Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, take athleticism out of the way, take rolling out of the pocket out of the way, take throwing accuracy out of the way, it's receivers. We have Amari Cooper, Gallup, Devin Smith, Randall Cobb, and Tavon Austin. Oh, Those yeah. are five 
fantastic wide receivers who have done a good amount for Dak Prescott this season. And let's look at the Eagles wide receivers. J.J. Ortega Whiteside, Greg Ward. Greg Ward, who's been in the league for, I think, three years now. He was a quarterback. He's practice he squad. He was a quarterback. Cut, practice squad. Yeah, I cut. mean, I'll take his performance right now. And Again, J.J. Ortega Whiteside, he's garbage. You can't yeah. you can't rely on that man. He's well, well, if you were going off of that, then I would have definitely brought that up. I thought you were just talking specifically. Like a one-on-one comparison. Like a I, one-on-one comparison. I think, I think the major comparison between this two is... Dak's always had... I mean, you take out the 2017 season, of course... Dak's always had a better team than Carson. Does that go up to the front office then? See, I think everybody's a little slow to blame uh, Howie Roseman. I think he, he he's did, been slacking. He he has. He's been, never he drafted has, well, and then he doesn't want to trade those picks for players that perform. I know. And, like, he did a really good job, I think, in 2017, picking up with Garrett Blunt, Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith. Like, that was really good. And then Coming the, from the 2016 season when you had – Jordan How- or Jordan Matthews as your number one wide receiver, and he's I, garbage too. Yeah. Don't even get well, me started. Yeah, on he's yeah. gone now. Yeah, so he's, I don't he's only there because three time team. cut. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think he's starting to kind of fall off. I mean, I'm not saying like I, he might just have, you know, a mess up every once in a while, and I'm very quick to forgive him because he's done things that no other has been able to do. Which so. that kind of leads me to a statement as into. Cowboys have a more talented team than the Eagles, and we all have to face the fact. It's, no, it's yeah, that's true. true. I, I agree with that. They're coming off a high, okay, 44-21. Dak went 15 for 23, 212 yards with two touchdowns. It's kind of a basic stat in my opinion. But yeah, then you look at his wide receivers, I think it was – who had I think Devin Smith was the one with the one reception, 53-yard touchdown. Yeah. If you saw that play, there was not a – cornerback or safety within 20 yards but see that that's what gets me nervous the nervous because the rams secondary is better than ours so they are way better than ours and it's going to come down to the point where nervous man during the miami game we made um what's his name uh fitzpatrick no the wide receiver Devontae uh, parker we made Devontae parker look like he was the best wide receiver in the whole entire nfl and then he got an extension for like four years (laughs) yeah what that doesn't even make sense yeah really eagles for that and and we can't let that happen with amari cooper or you know, Gallup. Oh, Gallup's a threat. We cannot let that happen with those two. Well, newsflash, that's going to happen. Is, is Jim Schwartz, is his job on the line? Every he, every Eagles coach should have their job well, on the except, line right now. Except Doug, Doug Peterson. Doug's going to keep his job. Doug is going to keep You have to, yeah, yeah. But like Schwartz is on the fence, I think. Uh, dude, that offensive coordinator, I'm forgetting his Mike name. Mike Groh is gone. Mike, He's, Mike oh, Groh. Mike Groh, If yeah. Mike Groh is not gone, I will lose it. they got to figure something out with that offense or he's gone. Now one of, one of the two has to happen. Now we yes, have minimum, to maybe both. We covered the wide receivers. Now we gotta look at the biggest man on the field probably, and that is Ezekiel Elliott. Yes, he is going to. We have a good run defense, but we gotta be able to stop him. It here's the frustrating thing because I was watching the Rams game versus the Cowboys, and it's like all Dak needs to do is literally get seven yards and two downs. As long as they get within three yards of that first down on third down, they'll just run Zeke and they'll get a first down. It's like almost a guarantee. So now now you got to think, if you're Jim Schwartz, do you commit on the run 
and challenge Dak to beat your secondary, or do you pile up on the secondary and and let Dak beat you there, or well, the, or let Zeke beat you there? The good thing about the Eagles is that they do run a four three defense, so they're gonna have four guys down, you know, in the trenches every time, and it's also good that they rotate their guys. Yeah, but the one thing that's like, the one thing that I pick up on and that they they really lack at is on the right side they can just get split and that's what Ezekiel Elliott's going to run through all day because they got guys like Zach Martin that can just pancake guys yeah that and, offensive one's scary and you know what's even even more scary is the Cowboys have a backup running back who went 12 for 131 yeah. versus the Rams okay we can't let that happen again we, we yeah. gotta if we stop uh, Zeke we can't let them stop Tony Pollard. We can't let them stop. We no. We have to let. We have to stop Tony Pollard. Uh, I mean, if so, the change of pace back is going to change the pace, then yeah. it's going to be very, very tough. I'm saying definitely. If I'm if I'm uh, Jim Schwartz, I definitely challenge Dak to beat us over the top because I think the run game is a lot more steady, and if a team beats you with their run their run it takes up time completely demoralizing for the defense and your defense is on there for a lot longer because of how much time it takes i would rather lose to ezekiel elliott than lose because our five foot ten cornerbacks can't cover amari cooper but would you rather take the chance like i feel like it's a lot easier to tackle a running back after he gets to the second level than it is to cover amari cooper when he's in the open field but like plus two so many so many different things has to go right for a pass play to work it's not that hard when you're going up against the eagle secondary i don't that's why jim schwartz's job is in jeopardy because you know you want to run man defense all the time on your secondary so you can bring in pressure yeah. But these guys, they're smaller they than everybody else. They're not faster than anybody else. They, they, they don't stand out in any way possible. No. And the thing that I hate, it's so flip-flop. It's the D will get us to stop, and then Carson will go out there and throw three ducks. And then okay, so Carson goes out and you know scores a touchdown. The D goes out and lets up a touchdown. Like yeah. It's got to be consistent. Right. That's, that, that's, I said that earlier. We were just talking about how – you would rank the Eagles, and I said they were a mediocre team only because, you know, their offense and defense go both of them go back and forth between being good and bad. I think that's what makes, you know, a mediocre team. I think that's why the Cowboys are kind of a mediocre team too. But I don't know. It all comes down to scheme at the end of the day. It doesn't matter, you know, the name on back of your jersey. That's why the Patriots have been good for so long. Yeah. It all comes down to scheme, and that's why the Browns are failing. It's because you know, their scheme don't work. That's right. Vanderash is out. That's, not, he will not be playing. That's a big one. But you gotta look out for Demarcus Lawrence. Yeah. Is Sean Lee playing? Yeah, yes, he Sean, is. He'll Sean be filling play. in. Okay. Um So who do you guys have winning on Sunday? Dom? What are you thinking? <sighs> it's gotta be the Eagles. It's gotta, gotta be. Okay. It's gotta be the Eagles. Like I I I, I that little moment when you just asked me, I couldn't even fathom the fact that the Cowboys winning. I, I couldn't. It's yeah. it's got to be the Eagles. Carson Wentz, this one's in your hands. Jameis Swartz, you got to work on some things, my buddy. And you got a uh, score prediction? It's gonna be close. Like I'm sorry, it's the first the first, second, and third quarter. I'm sorry, it's gonna be the worst three quarters of football I think we've ever watched in our lives. Fourth, low scoring game. I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to go 21-17. Can I go next? Because it literally just popped into my head. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I have the Eagles winning 24-21 on a game-winning Jake Elliott 46-yard kick. Should we keep the receipt on that 46 right on the Oh, it's on the podcast. It's going out. I'm telling you. 46-yard field goal kick, Jake Elliott. Uh It's going to be... It's going to be kind of close to the left, but it's still going to be good. This is way too accurate. It's going to be 24-21, Eagles <laughs> win. Okay, so. This, that's, that's just me. That's just me telling what's going to happen. So if go. I know anything about the NFL is that they love making money on games like this. If, the cow, if they think that the Cowboys are going to you know, just run off with this, those referees are going to start calling <laughs> stuff in favor of the Eagles. Yeah. Do I want the Eagles to win? Absolutely. Do I think we're going to? No. Oh no. Oh no. And he's being he's being serious. And, and he's just looking at the facts and I, stuff. You know what? The NFL would make way more money if the Cowboys go to the playoffs to play the 49ers than the Eagles would. So so you don't even I think agree. it's about the talent that's no. going to beat us up. The Eagles have the no NFL. talent. The Eagles have no talent. It's Carson Wentz carrying that team and it all comes down to him. You look at other guys on the defense, no one stand out. You can't even say Malcolm Jenkins stands out anymore. No. Because he's old and slowing up. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you look like you were saying earlier, talking about how much, you know, more talent the Cowboys have. It, it says it all in the names. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Cooper, like that's a big wide receiver name. I mean, it's sorry, sorry to say this. Dak Prescott, sorry, he's a big name and can't let him abuse us. The refs can only get so far. So I think, you know, you can't worry about how many yards this guy's going to get or anything like that. Like, I, I think, you know, I just think overall the Cowboys are just going to run over the Eagles. Can I, can I get a score prediction? When I think they're going to run them over, Ooh. honestly. Like, I don't Uh-oh. think the That's so scary to think about. Wait, so, so, oh, Ron, so Ron, what do you think the score is going to be? I'm thinking the Cowboys are going to score at least 24. And the I, I don't think the Eagles are going to have over 17. Hmm. Okay. I can't get an exact number on that no, because you know I, it, I just gave you the full play-by-play for the last five seconds. You only of the game. you only did that because you wanted this because that popped in your head. It did pop into my head, and when it does happen, everybody's gonna be like, "Yo, yeah. wait a second, what?" Look, if they so, win, that's great. That's what I want them to do. But I think you know, NFL's a business. Yeah. Cowboys are business. And it would be hilarious to see Jason Garrett go to the playoffs just to get fired. Hey, that is. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. It's the Cowboys, so they might keep him. We don't know. They for will sure. not keep him. Probably I'm not. sorry, Probably. but he's going to get a Viking not. funeral. He's just going to go to Dallas. <laughs> After, they're they're going to go to the game, go to you know California. They're going to come back. Yeah, he's going to go off the plane onto a ship, and he's just going to get fire. Just he's gone. Wow. Right. He he will. Okay, I'm sorry. Last thing, for me at least, if if the Cowboys do win this game. They go off. They play the 49ers. It, it will be under 24 hours within him getting fired. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a... It's he's going to get fired lost. on a Monday. Boom, we're he's done. He's going to get fired like, on a turnaround. Quick turnaround. Uh, all right. Wow, Ron. That's a tough way to end the episode. I'm sorry. I I, I, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's it's cool. Facts are facts. You know what? It's going to be even better when my prediction comes into... Look, I hope it comes to fruition, but I you can't argue logic. So. All right. Well... That's going to wrap it up for episode eight. Definitely a 
a packed episode here. I know we've been going kind of long for the past couple months, but uh, uh, that's going to do it. I'm Callum Fuges here with Ron Baker, my co-host, and our special guest, Don Pellegrino. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yes, you're very welcome, Don. <laughs> Don you might be hearing more at Don. We're trying to get more juniors uh, and a little more underclassmen to come onto the show. So if you are an underclassman and you feel like, you know, hopping onto the show, Dom reached out to us. Um, you know, just shoot myself, Colin Fuges, or Ron Baker, or Roman Medina uh, an email just asking us to be on the show. So make sure to stay tuned. We got a couple things coming up, including a uh, basketball special, which is, well, we'll reach out to some people. Uh, but if you'd like to be on that, make sure to reach out. We're going to have Angelo Cataldi coming on. So we'll probably have him on either the second or the third week in January. So make sure to stay tuned for that. But that's going to wrap it up for Panthers Talk Philly. Thank you all very much for listening and enjoy your holidays and have a great new year.